Welcome to the basketball party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Another Wild Wolves week and some Wild Wolves wins. We'll break it all down on today's Minnesota basketball party. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Timberwolves talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota basketball party on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It's the Minnesota Basketball Party. Wolves talk every Wednesday here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. So glad you joined us today. Whether you're on YouTube, the Locked On Sports uh, Minnesota video feed, or on audio, where you can find us on Locked On Wolves, wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you tuning in. And why wouldn't you, with the Minnesota Timberwolves playing the way that they're playing right now, they are 20-5. and five. Celtics lost last night, so they're all alone with the best record in the NBA. Plenty to get to today, including a crazy win against the Heat. We'll talk about their biggest challengers in the West and look ahead to four more tough games this week. The gauntlet does not let up. And one more reminder that we are brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. But let's meet our panel today with our opening tip. Take it away, Ron. Well, I'm Ron Johnson, former Gophers and NFL wide receiver. Of course, my claim to fame is I played against some D1 basketball players in high school. Uh, so that's why I love basketball. But no, I'm a basketball guy. But I have to talk about Anthony Edwards. And it's kind of ascension. I had a dream with Anthony Edwards and Michael Jordan. We'll talk a little bit about that. I really want to hear that dream now. Uh, <laughs> Reggie Wilson with Care 11. And, you know, I've been listening to some of the national pundits and all the people are not talking about the Wolves, but they should because the Wolves are probably the most dangerous team in the West. I'm Ben Beacon, host of the Daily Show Lockdown Wolves here on the Lockdown Network. And uh, we're going to talk about the tough schedule upcoming for the Wolves. I think they're going to take a couple of L's, but I still think they're going to be at first in the Western Conference once we get to call it the second week of January. Um, it's, it's a tough stretch, but the Wolves are still the best in the West. I'm Jack Borman, editor-in-chief of, of Canis Hoopus, and I'm going to dig in a little bit into why I love the way that the Wolves are kind of going to against the grain to win to win some of these basketball games been a ton of fun to watch and we got to give jack borman props he was the lone believer who said a perfect week was in store for the wolves and they did it they beat the mavericks coming from behind they crushed the pacers at home and they come from behind to beat the miami heat most recently just a series guys of unbelievable Wolves wins. Every time they win one of these games, we, we keep saying this is the best win of the year. It's the best win of the year. And they keep topping themselves. And I thought coming back from 17 down fairly late in that game against the Heat to win was definitely one of their best of the year against a healthy Heat team. Jimmy Butler, um, Bam Adebayo. It was another great week here for Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Maybe this will give Ron a chance to talk about his dream. Ron, what uh, what impressed <laughs> you about this week for the Wolves? Uh, yeah, so this week with the Wolves, uh, again, I was a 2-1 and one guy. So when they were losing big at halftime to the Heat, I'm like, okay, bet. My 2-1 and one prediction's coming true. And then Julian Edelman, I don't know if you guys saw that, had talked about his first interaction with Michael Jordan, where Michael Jordan told him he bet on him, and that was the only thing he said, and he walked away. Uh, a lot of pressure for the Super Bowl when you're a guy, Julian Edelman, and you're hearing that. And then I saw the win. And, you know, Anthony Edwards hits the turnaround. Reminds me of Michael Jordan. 
So I had this random, I don't I didn't know if it was a dream or not, but it definitely was a dream now that I realized it when I woke up. I was sitting there with some Jordans and some Adidas. One was Anthony Edwards' shoe, one was Michael Jordan's shoe. And then I had like a shoe. I don't even know what shoe I had. And we were all about to, I don't know what we were about to do, play golf, who knows what. And I kind of said, who's willing to switch shoes? And at first, I was the only one, me and Anthony Edwards rose our hand. And so we both looked at Michael Jordan like, what do you, what do you, come on now. And so I was like, all right, like, I don't have a shoe. So I, of course, I can't, it does not, I'm not switching. And so then I said it again. I'm like, who's willing uh, to switch shoes? Neither Michael Jordan and Anthony Edwards raised their hand. They looked at me and I'm just looking at them like, dude, really? Both of y'all, we know you're Jordan, you're, you got your own shoe. So in my mind, my mind is starting to put Anthony Edwards with Michael Jordan. Not this is not me actively doing it. This was my sleepy dream state yeah. of Anthony Edwards and Michael Jordan being in 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 similar categories. He have his own shoe. He's hitting big time game winners. Uh, he's got you know women out there making claims about him. We know Jordan had his own issues. So Anthony Edwards is now he's starting to like climb that ladder of big time national news. Like like Travis Kelsey was just a tight end until he dated uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Anthony Edwards was just a basketball player until he ended up in the national media for this pregnancy scare or whatever it was. He is now like just doing everything to become an icon. And, and when you become an icon, teams start to respect you. We saw Zion Williams go back there and, and give him the, you know, the, 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 the flowers, I guess, early. We don't know exactly why we don't know if we know Zion has his issues with women um, <laughs> and BBLs. But when, when you think about, Anthony Edwards and just this team. I mean, Dallas, Indiana, Miami. Miami was the most impressive for me just to be down that much at half and still just claw their way back to a win in the end. Reg, we got the Mavericks win, the Pacers win, the Heat win. What stood out to you about the week? Man, remember when the Wolves started and lost two of their first three games and I was just like, oh, man, what's going on? We here? were depressed, thought... man, on this show. I was I was like out. On, I was totally out on them. I was like, dang, that, well, so much for the Wolves this year. And they season, lost to the me. Raptors, too. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, man, if they're losing to the Raptors, I, I don't know, man. Then they came out and lost to the was the Hawks. It's just like, yeah. okay, oh. what's, what's going on here? But you know what? This Wolves team has totally turned it around. You know, they went on and won those seven straight games, and then now they're just they're just flexing. You know, best start, franchise history, but it's it's kind of crazy looking at um, some of these Wolves games because you're like, I feel like I've been covering them for what? This is like my third season covering them. And you just wait for the other shoe to drop. Yep. You're like, I think that's with every Minnesota sport. Watching the Vikings last year, we're like, okay, when's the shoe going to drop? That other shoe didn't drop until the playoffs when they played the Giants. And it was just like, dang, that was the worst time for the other shoe to drop. But with the Wolves, like, so many people were calling for Finch's head. I just remember, you know, in that playoff series against the Grizzlies, I mean, Charles Barkley let Chris Finch have it, called him an idiot, you know, for not calling the timeout when they went on that run like that. And somehow this Timberwolves team has flipped the script, and that third quarter now has become a, a quarter of strength from them. And – they're just blowing it up. They they were down seventeen. And it was just like, all right, here we go. You know, finally a loss. It has to happen at some point. But then they they flipped the switch and turned that thing around. Some clutch shots by Mike Conley from Cat, and then Ant with the, 
Like that that was one of those like, don't take that shot, don't take that shot. Oh, he made it off the glass at the end. And so this team is feeling it right now. And they've, like I said, totally flipped the narrative from the terrible third quarter to now the third quarter is like, okay, they're about to turn it on. And it, it's been very interesting to watch. I, I just don't I don't know who this Timberwolves team is, but it's definitely not, not the one that we've been used to seeing. And you can hear uh, Jack Borman on the postcast after every Wolves game. But, Jack, you believed. You said 3-0. They're going to beat the Mavs, beat the Pacers, beat the Heat. They did it. Yeah, I, I liked uh, a lot of the matchups. I, I think part of the reason why I thought they were going to beat the Heat was because I didn't expect either Tyler Hero or Bam Adebayo to play in that game. But, uh, you know, at any rate, um, yeah, I, what I really have been impressed by with the Wolves in this stretch is that when most teams get down double digits, especially early in an NBA game, they try to speed everything up. They try to create extra possessions. They try to shoot more threes. They try to do everything with offense. Um, they try to get the lead back at once. And this Timberwolves team kind of leans even further into their identity, you know, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, which is to really slow the game down, you know, value every possession, dig in and try to win, come from behind and win with defense, which is something that, you know, is really rare in the NBA, especially. It's just not something that you see. And the fact that this team, you know, has the patience and trust and belief in one another to, to, to do that, I think is something that, um, you know, I think a lot more people should be paying attention to. And I think it speaks to the confidence that this team has in its own identity and in Chris Finch and in uh, the coaching staff to be able to, you know, make any necessary adjustments. And the fact that they just don't flinch and they just they just kind of chill out and um, and play their brand of basketball. I mean, you look at what they did in Dallas. They gave up 41 points in the second half to the number three offense um, in the league and then. Uh, gave up 42 in the second half to, to Miami, who's another very good offense. Um, in, in that Miami game, they gave up 18 points in the first 16 minutes of the second half, which is pretty remarkable. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun to to see this Timberwolves team really blossom into, you know, just a dominant second half team. Um, I don't think any of us could have really saw that coming. They're one of the best clutch teams in the NBA. Their third quarter net rating is a whopping plus 18.2. Uh, that is second best in, in the league behind the Sixers, who we'll see tonight. So that third quarter might be just like World War III. Um, and then they're, they're eighth in the fourth quarter and, and put all that together. And they're the number two second half team in the league at plus 11.8, uh, which has just been just been a joy to watch and, and really fun to know when you're watching all these games that it's like, hey, you know, whatever the score is in the first half, the Timberwolves just aren't out of the game. And, and they're going to, you know, they're going to not go quietly away into the night. And that's, I think, been been something that that's brought a lot of joy and um you know and, and given a lot of Timberwolves fans confidence in what this team can do yeah and uh and Ben you I want to get your take on the week but you also thought the Wolves might take some L's coming up here I have them at 73 and 9 for a final record so I don't know I don't know what that's about but maybe you can weigh in on that hey until they lose their 10th game uh, you never you never know right Possible. um uh yeah, I mean, I, I we'll talk about the schedule here in a little bit. I mean, it's a really tough schedule beginning, well, not beginning tonight. It got tough a week ago, right? And they went 3-0, which which Jack was the only one, as you said, that that uh, said that that would happen. Um, and uh, in terms of this week, like, there's so much that we could take from this. The, I think Jack's point about um, certainly getting back into games with defense and also 
beating Dallas the way that they did was really impressive and completely, you know, early in that game, Dallas was up what, like 17 to two or something. Luca hits that four point play and it feels like this thing could get away like the Phoenix game or, you know, um, a couple of those other losses the Wolves had earlier in the season. And then the Wolves write the ship and end up winning, kind of going away in that one. To me, though, if I had to pick one thing, it's not just the comeback against Miami, but the fact that they came all the way back and then didn't have the letdown on the road against a legit playoff team that almost certainly will be, you know, a second second round, maybe even conference finals team in the East uh, that's been there, done that. And like we saw teams erring on the side of resting guys against the Wolves, like Halbert didn't play Saturday. Like we've seen that a little bit already. Like, hey, we're not going to win in Minnesota. Miami was gearing up like. Adebayo hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Hero hadn't played in like a month. And Miami was like, we're going to bring these guys back. We're going to see if we can beat the Wolves. They get up 17. The Wolves come all the way back. The arena is going crazy. And instead of letting the foot off the gas and just kind of having that late fourth quarter letdown, the Wolves took the punches the Heat gave. Adebayo made a couple of ridiculous shots that just like rolled in that were just, you know, lollipop shots over Rudy. Um, and it would have been easy for the Wolves to not hold serve. And it would have been understandable, you know, expending so much energy to get back in the game. Um, but they did it. They they persevered. And they were the ones that got, you know, the ant dunk on the uh, on the cut when Cat, you know, hit him on the baseline. Rudy comes down, blocks a shot. Ant comes down uh, with the dunk after the block shot on the other end. Like those types of sequences on the road um, after coming all the way back from a double digit deficit is really, really impressive. And I mean, that's a legitimate win. Um, you know, one of the best two or three wins of the season so far, for sure. And it was just a really, really strong second half of basketball and a tough place to play. Yeah, I said this on the Ron Johnson show yesterday. The Wolves scored on eight consecutive trips down the floor inside the four-minute mark of that game. That is some serious clutch shot-making. Yeah, and I, my favorite, I think, was the cat little push-off where he sent Jimmy flying and then canned the mid-range jumper. That was great. The Wolves owned Jimmy in that fourth quarter, and I think they kind of have his number in general since he went to Miami. It's kind of unbelievable, actually, uh, how well and, they've done against the Heat. And Cat got that offensive rebound over Jimmy and threw yeah. that lob to Rudy. So he got Jimmy twice after Jimmy got him like the whole game, pretty much. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, great win, great week. Wolves are 20-5. and five. We'll talk about their biggest challengers in the West after a word from our partners. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm honing in on Grayson Allen with Bradley Beal out uh, again, Allen should see strong minutes, a nice increased usage role for the next few weeks. And looking at what Allen's done, he's had double digits the last four games, including nine rebounds in his most recent outing as well, plus two steals in each of the last four games, Grayson Allen of the Phoenix Suns. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, just like your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. It's brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Glad you're with us here on the Minnesota Basketball Party. Everydayers here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can find us on Wednesdays talking wolves. Also, the Minnesota Football Party, Mondays and Thursdays. Ron Johnson Show on Tuesdays. And our roundtable with Reggie Wilson, Julia Daniels, and Ron Johnson on Fridays. Uh, that's the slate here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Let's get into this Western Conference a little bit. Uh, I keep checking FanDuel to see when they give the Wolves the proper respect. Hasn't happened yet. They still uh, have the Nuggets as favored to win the division. Um, but the gap is getting a little closer. I think it's like minus 110 and plus 125. It's close. Wolves have a five-game advantage on the Nuggets in the loss column. They have like three games in hand. So, Jack Borman, we'll start with you. Are the Nuggets still the team to beat in the West, or have the Wolves, in your mind, taken the baton from them? I kind of split it up in, in two, right? I look at it in terms of the regular season and then the postseason. I, I think in terms of the regular season, I don't think the Nuggets are the, the biggest threat right now. Um, I just think that, you know, Jamal Murray and and whether it's Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. are just going to miss too many games for them to be able to make up that ground um, just because I think the Timberwolves have been healthier. And, um, and, and even though the Nuggets have the easiest schedule in the league the rest of the season, I, I still – believe in the wolves in that department, but to win the West, certainly they are. I mean, that, that court or, you know, that, that group before they have with Jokic, Murray Gordon and, and Michael Porter Jr. And, and KCP, like that five is just so good uh, in the playoffs. But, but I'd say that the healthy Clippers um, and, and the Kings are, are probably the two teams that I'd be most worried about in the regular season. I know that the Clippers, you know, kind of fell on their faces a little bit after the Harden trade, but they've won eight in a row now. Um, Kawhi looks better than he's ever looked, um, and he's played in every single game this season, which I don't think enough people uh, are talking about. And then, you know, I know the Pelicans also, you know, fell in their faces last night with that debacle in, in New Orleans against um, John, his ah. first game back. But um, I, I honestly think that the the Pelicans might be deeper than the Wolves um, when you look at just all the guys that they're able to bring. I think having Trimmer for the third back is, has been a huge difference for them. Um, and, and they've got guys that can get it done at all three levels of the floor with CJ McCollum and, and Brandon Ingram and, and Zion Williamson and, and Jonas Valanciunas has been playing um, really, really good basketball for them. So um, I, I'd probably say that that those two teams are, are the two teams that I'd be most concerned about. And then I'd also put the Kings in that category. I just think that and I'll talk a little bit about this in, in the next segment, but like they're they just got everything that the Wolves struggle with. Um, and. And I think if, if they played either one of those three teams in a playoff series, I'd be pretty pretty concerned about the Wolves' prospects. But I, in terms of just Denver themselves, I think the Wolves are are built really, really nicely to be able to beat a team like Denver in the playoffs. But I, I'd certainly think that just with the way that they you know blew through everybody last year en route to winning a title and how comfortable they looked in the playoffs, I'd I'd certainly give them the the advantage over over anyone else in terms of being the biggest threat to the Wolves. So now Jack has me stressed about a one eight matchup wolves against Suns or wolves against Pelicans. Now I'm now I have anxiety. Thanks a lot, Jack. Uh, ben, your thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say the Kings just in terms of um, I, I expected Sacramento to have a bit of regression this year because they were so healthy last year and their defense just was not good, but they've been impressive so far this year. And obviously they gave the wolves that loss in the in-season tournament. 
And I agree with Jack that they do a lot of things well that the Wolves struggle with and they can push the pace and, you know, the Wolves aren't playing super fast this year. So like that worries me a little bit. Um, I, I still think Denver, I understand why they're the favorites for the conference. They've got the best player in the conference and they did it last year, obviously. Right. So that makes sense too. But as Jack said, the Wolves match up well against Denver, not at all saying that like I'm hoping for a Wolves Denver series or anything like that. I, I'm sure Denver would still be favored even right now in a head to head series if, if it was today. Um, but the matchup isn't bad. The Kings matchup scary. The Clippers upside is scary. We've seen the Wolves struggle. You know, they just lost the Pelicans with Zion on the floor. So that matchup too, I would highlight the Kings and Pelicans. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the way the Wolves match up with OKC. I think OKC is too small. Um, I like how they match up with Denver. I like how they match up with Dallas. Um, so yeah, it, it really is Clippers, Pelicans and Kings in some order would be the ones that stick out to me. And then obviously Jokic looms, right? Like Jokic is Jokic. So until somebody beats Jokic, he's, you know, won two MVPs in the last three years and won the championship last year. And, um, you know, that he's the guy that it's understandable. People are still saying, Hey, look out for Denver, but matchup wise it's Sacramento and LA. And, and I would also say the Pelicans. It's a gauntlet there in the West. Ron, what do you think? Well, you know, I was going to make some type of like comparison to this home record. I don't know if you guys have noticed. <laughs> I didn't notice this either. The Rockets and the Timberwolves have the same home record. Yep. I don't know if anybody knows that. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. You will go 11 and 1 at home and you go 2 and 10 on the road for the Rockets. So I'm not going to put them in there. The Lakers, Pelicans, uh, Clippers, Mavs, Kings. Now, when you go all the way down to the 13th seed, Grizzlies, I, I do want to see this next stretch of games with John Morant. Like, can he keep this up? Can he keep the gun in the holster? Can he stay off social media? Like, how much has he learned? Um, because some people, like if you go to football, for instance, Josh Gordon, for the football fans out there that remember Josh Gordon, uh, loved to smoke marijuana to the point where the league had to create some type of rule to allow players to smoke weed, and he still couldn't stick to the rule. He had to smoke more than the rule. Josh Gordon uh, was a habitual line stepper. I just hope that John Morant isn't because I feel like, honestly, the Grizzlies now <clears throat> with 19 losses can climb back to 500. Like I've, the way they played last night when you watch the Pelicans game, you watch that the last couple of plays to going to Ja, he's unstoppable. And so I want to see how the Timberwolves match up with the Grizzlies team with John Morant. Like that's going to be fun to see uh, where they stand. But I would say personally, I would say the Nuggets are their biggest because that that three and a half game lead right now, um, you know, to me doesn't really mean much when you think about uh, the the number of games, who they're playing, uh, who's in there. Um, you know, you got Kings, Mavs, Clippers, the Nuggets. I, I, I would rather the Nuggets honestly be the two seed, so the Timberwolves wouldn't have to play them until the Western Conference Championship. But mm -hmm. you got to beat the best to be the best, and so. Whenever they have to play them in the playoffs, who cares? Let's get it done. Uh, but but I do feel like that is their biggest competition. I think with Rudy, Nas, and uh, and Cat, they found a way to coexist with three bigs uh, because we know Cat can play the three every once in a while because he wants to stretch the floor and shoot. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a big guard, you know, cr creates a lot of problems because he can be your primary ball handler. So depending on who's on the court, I think he's now willing to take advantage of guys like Trey Young if he's on them. Uh, so that's going to be the key down the stretch is how do the Timberwolves handle success? Can they handle it? Because I looked at the Warriors and the Bulls, their historic seasons. The Warriors went 24-1 and in their first 25, and the Bulls went 23-2 and in their first 25. Can the war And the Warriors stuck to it. They just kept knocking people down. Can the Timberwolves stick to that? Because, like I think, uh, I think Ben said it, 
until they lose 10 games, history is still there for the taking. So <laughs> I want to see how they handle this down the stretch. But yeah, I, think I think the they Nuggets, started. The I think they, I think they started 24 and 0, and they lost that 25th game. They uh, did like that cut yep. off for you. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they did. <laughs> I, I mean, it, like, uh, think of how great you have to be to win that many games. Like the Wolves could duplicate this two more times. They could go 20 and five to, to get to 40 and 10. Then they could do it again, get to 60 and 15. And they still would be so far off that historic Warriors and Bulls pace. That's how good you have to be to uh, to set that record. But Reggie, uh, maybe that's why challenge- Anthony Edwards and Jordan were my dream. Maybe Anthony Edwards was telling yeah. them I'm coming for, I'm coming for at least the 10. I'm a tie your 10. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Reg, uh, are you going to say the Lakers here? Biggest challenger? <laughs> Absolutely. In-season yeah. tournament champions, hang the banner. I mean, <laughs> can't everybody's hate on the jealous. Can't everybody's on jealous. You know, people are like, oh, my God, that's so stupid that they hung the banner on a stupid in-season Seems tournament. like they're having a letdown after they won that thing. It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. All yeah. right. Anthony, is that going to become the Madden curse? If they just have a meltdown, <laughs> nobody's going to want to win the in-season tournament. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. If if all else fails, the Lakers still have the in-season tournament, and nobody will ever be able to take that away from them. So, you know, take that, haters. Uh, no, but look, the Lakers, if they can stay healthy, they will be somewhat of a challenge. I Look, I'm being realistic. The the one thing that is nice about what the Lakers have going on is their depth. Now the the problem is that depth is is not necessarily responsible for winning them basketball games, if you will. Um, they just got a lot of guys. Like you know, I was wondering in the off season if they were if they were compiling too many guys because now you're you're having problems. Like okay, who's cracking the rotation? You know, you got guys, are they they hot? Or are they cold? Like, you kind of have to get some run in order to to actually kind of get going. Like, you got Cam Reddish, Torian mm-hmm. Prince, and, you know, all these all these guys that are trying to kind of be in the rotation. You got D'Lo, he's hot and cold. But anyway, this is not a Lakers show. Um, I, I, think, I think the Lakers are, if they can stay healthy, they'll be a bit of a challenge. Um, but honestly... To you know, we just had Ric Flair in the studio a couple of weeks ago. You know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and so um, the the Nuggets are still that team that you know you're going to have to see them at some point. But I will say, James Harden is playing at an All Star level lately, and he looks like he's rejuvenated out there. And that's a great point that you brought up, Jack. Kawhi is playing every some. What's going on? What when the low management is happening right now? Because he's not having these low management games. And I think talent wise, when you think of a big three and you got PG, Kawhi, and James Harden, like that is a scary thought if they are playing at the top of their game. And, you know, we've seen it in the past. The Clippers just they they're going to Clipper after a certain point. But if they can stay healthy and if these guys can continue to lock in like that's going to be a scary, scary thought. But also it'll be a great series for the for the Wolves. We're going to look ahead to the Wolves week, which includes a matchup with the Lakers coming up in the Minnesota basketball party. That's coming up in just one moment. 
Uh, let me tell you about the game time ticket buying experience. Uh, Reggie Wilson, take note. If you want to go see LeBron James, come to Target Center. That's all you have to do. Download the game time app. And sometimes you download these ticket buying apps and you, it's hard to find the venue. It's hard to find the game that you want. The price you see isn't the real price. You have no clue where the tickets are actually going to be because you can't see the floor or the stage. Well, here I am on game time right now. All I searched was Target Center and I got Lakers Timberwolves, the next game coming up. Fantastic. That's tomorrow, 8 p.m. I can get in the door for $87 to see LeBron James take on Anthony Edwards. I see the floor. I see the all-in price. It's so easy. couple clicks, and I've got tickets to the Wolves-Lakers game. That's how easy it is at game time. It's not frustrating whatsoever. It's extremely simple. They've got great deals there, flash deals, zone deals, last-minute ticket deals. They show you the view. They show you the all-in price with all the fees included so you're not bamboozled when you get to the checkout screen. And you can also get some cash off when you download Game Time for the first time and sign up using the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time, create an account, code LOCKEDONNBA, 20 bucks off your first purchase, and you can see The Lake Show come to Target Center if you download that tonight or tomorrow. Terms apply. Again, that's created an account. Redeem with the code locked on NBA. 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So the Lakers are one of four opponents in the next week that includes Sixers tonight, Lakers tomorrow, Kings Saturday, Thunder. Uh, day after Christmas. So a lot going on for the Wolves once again. Let's get quick thoughts on the week and then make your record prediction. You got four games. Who's going to go 4-0? Let's start with Reggie. Oh, man, don't do this to me. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I guess the the Sixers game, um, huh. So Embiid had a 40-point game the last time we saw him. And so if he plays, if Maxi plays, like I think that's going to be a, a good matchup. I think it looks like they have Philly at minus three and a half. So, yeah, like you said, Sam, Vegas just doesn't believe in the Wolves. They they are also waiting on that that other shooter drop. But you know what? You know, they, they got a day of rest and they're going on the road. I, I think they could, I think they could do it. I think they could take them down. Um, I, I'm looking forward to some of these matchups. You know, like Maxi has been playing out of his mind, and so I'm interested to see how how that goes. But in terms of the week, I think last time I said they would lose what two games, and so I, I'm going to stick with that. I'm looking at Philly; they can win there. I think my Lakers can get them that that game against Sacramento is going to be tough that might be the second but then I think they can beat OKC and they show that they can beat um Dallas uh before so I think they can get them again so my my two losses probably stupidly are Lakers and Sacktown okay so two and two uh Jack your thoughts yeah I I you know I I think the well, you know, just to start with the Lakers, I think something you have to keep in mind is like, I don't think Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both played the front end and the back end of a back-to-back yet this season. Lakers play in Chicago tonight, so that's an important thing to watch. 
I just don't think both those guys are going to play tomorrow. Uh, but but tonight, um, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think it really all just comes down to one thing, and if you can keep Joel Embiid off the free throw line. I think the last in the last four seasons they've played Embiid six times. He's averaged sixteen free throws. Um, he's averaged eleven point uh, three per game um, against everyone else in that time span. So if they're able to do that, um, that'll be huge. I mean, they're eighteen and five, I believe, when Embiid plays this season. Um, but they're only five and three when he uh, attempts less than ten free throws. So that'll be that'll be a big one there. I think. You know, I think they're going to handle the Sixers tonight. I think the Sixers they're, are going to be without Nick Batum. They could also sounds like they're also probably going to be without Robert Covington and uh, Marcus Morris, um, who are two really important you know wing players for them as well. They're just going to be really thin, and they've really struggled to score outside of Embiid and Maxi. So if the Timberwolves are able to slow down even one of them. Um, and they're pretty darn well equipped to slow down Maxi a little bit. I think it's going to be really tough for Philadelphia to, to produce scoring outside of those two. Um, and, and I think the Kings game, I mean, the Kings just, I'd love what Mike Brown did where he just had Sabonis set screens for Fox five to seven feet above the three point line, give Fox just this huge runway into the paint. I, I just think it's a really tough team for the Wolves to play on a regular, on a random regular season night. Um, and then we all know how I feel about the, the Wolves and Thunder matchup. So <laughs> you do. Um, I, uh, I, I think the Wolves are going to go three and one um, in this stretch. I think being able to win both both legs of the back to back will kind of buy them some, um, you know, I guess some some room for error in that in that Kings game. And then they'll they'll circle back and, and take a take a matchup with the Thunder um, personally after a loss there. So three and one. All right, Ben. I've got three and one as well. My favorite matchup is the Sixers. Uh, I, I mean, you could make an argument. Philly's the it's it's in some order. The Wolves, the Celtics and the Sixers are probably the best three teams in the league as of right now. And it's just going to be a fun matchup. The Wolves obviously beat them with no Embiid. Um, and, and I actually I do think the Wolves will win tonight. Um, the Lakers game, you know, I have scar tissue from the only other back to back. The Wolves have played this year when they got crushed in Phoenix and that schedule loss. I know the Lakers also are playing a back to back. So it's and both teams are traveling. So that's equal. Um, if, if one of the two superstars for the Lakers sits, which is likely, as Jack said, I certainly think the Wolves have a shot. I think they either lose that game or they lose the Sacramento game and end up going three and one. The Kings, as we've said a couple of times are a tough matchup. I like the Wolves against OKC. Um, so yeah, I'll go three and one. My favorite matchups is the Sixers game and the game they lose will either be the Lakers game or, uh, or the Kings game. And I, I guess we're assuming that there's no restriction on Edwards playing a back-to-back he's been questionable every game um, but I don't I don't think they've held him out really except he's not on the status report for for tonight so he's going to play unless he re-aggravates it he'll play both legs all right Ron well I'm gonna go three and one I'm gonna go three and one I don't know who though there's the thing I think they can go four and oh I personally do I think like I kind of want to go four and oh but if I'm a betting man I'm just going to hedge my bet and go three and one and just figure one of these might be a loss that we're all going to sit back and be like, they shouldn't have lost that game. Uh, I, I just think with the, with the thunder, I know Chet Holmgren lately has been like a block machine, but I don't think the Timberwolves are going to allow him to stay near the paint long enough. Like it depends on who he wants to guard on that team, whether it is, um, you know, whether he stays with Jade McDaniels or whether he tries to stay with cat, which I don't think he can, uh, and if he does try to guard Cat, Cat has to bully him. So I think the matchup favors the Timberwolves. Same with the Lakers. I agree with the back-to-backs. Also, I don't think LeBron and, and AD, even though they're the number one seed, I don't think they respect the Timberwolves. Like, I don't think they feel like the Timberwolves are a team they need to play in. 
Like it's rare to see LeBron even play in Minnesota. Like every time he travels to Minnesota, it feels like he's either on some kind of pitch count or he's on, you know, low management. So, you know, we'll see if they have true respect for the Timberwolves and they take it a different way where they say, you know what, let's rest before the Timberwolves game. Um, 76ers, I think, is going to be their toughest matchup because it's Joel Embiid. I mean, that's just the key is, like, who can slow him down? Uh, I think that's going to be a Nas Reed night. I think Nas Reed needs to get a lot of time. Him and Rudy Gobert just making Joel Embiid's night tough. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is a tough, you know, goal, but Anthony Edwards, I love his – if you if you saw the 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 the, the um, mic'd up, him and uh, Zion, he's like, yeah, man, when my, my shot wasn't falling, I figured I got to go get it on the other end. Like, a player willing to realize – if my shot's not falling, I'm going to just go play some tough defense and eventually it's going to come to me and the game's going to come back to me. He's 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 wise beyond his years. He's realizing I don't need to throw up 50 shots. Let me go play a little defense. Let me slow them down. And then when my shot starts falling, eventually I'll get it going. And so I think in that aspect, you could see him on Tyrese Maxey if Maxey's getting loose. Um, and then, you know, the Kings, I, I do like what Mike Brown's doing as well. Uh, you hear somebody is mic'd up. Today's kid would not like to be talked to that way, but I think that's the way these guys need to be. I mean, I think John Morant needs that. John Morant needs a Mike Brown right now to get in his butt and let him know, like, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. Do what I say do. Um, but I, I think the Kings as well, just with their guards, like the, the, the fact that they give you multiple set guards and they're going after it. Uh, and then the other kid that just had all those threes, I forget his name, uh, Keegan, um, you know, yeah. he's a scorer. And so that's the thing. Keegan is a scorer. So can they stay with the the, the clip? Because the Kings move fast. They get up and down the court fast. And that's what they've always been known for. Uh, so I don't know if it's home or away, but you know, the whole light the beam thing too. Like they they do, they have they have a certain like bravado, you know, surrounding them. Not to say it's a purple aura, like uh, what's his name, but uh like Prince. But I think, you know, three and one. I'm gonna go three and one. I think I don't know which one though. I'm not picking the loss. I just think of those four, it's yeah. gotta be a letdown somewhere in there. I I'll be the lone wolf. I'll go four and zero. I'm I'm more bullish on the Kings matchup than you guys. I just think that they handled the Pacers' pace just fine. I know they didn't have Halliburton, and they also handled the Kings last year really well. They beat them three out of four. The only loss was in overtime. Kings got really hot playing here in the in season tournament game. I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know if they'll do that again. I think the Wolves can go four and zero. Uh, let's conclude with a little one word. Our final game of the show. I'm going to give you a sentence, fill in the blank with one word or phrase, and give a quick explanation, about 30 seconds each. Let's go around the circle, starting with Ben. Anthony Edwards becoming a TMZ news item was what? I'm going to say unfortunate, but also unfortunately expected i mean just given his personality some of the you know some of the stuff he a couple years ago there was the video that where he was uh said some bad stuff that got you know uh, taken in a video and put out on social like the way he is and how young he is and and now at some point like he's what 22 now like we have to stop using that as an excuse he's gotta he's gotta behave like the face of a franchise right um but because of the way he is and how painfully young he was when thrown into the spotlight you know it's it's not unexpected. He's just a, a gregarious personality. He's, you know, by all accounts, a great dude. Um, he's just got to think before he talks and think before he texts and posts and all this stuff. And, and um, but not unexpected, just given uh, the personality that Ant is. Yeah, I'll and I'll, I'll play along with the game, too. Uh, I would say uh, Anthony Edwards becoming a TMZ news item was strike two. I mean, Ben alluded to it. The homophobic remarks a couple of years ago. Now this. Neither incident 
uh, criminal in nature, just stuff that you don't want your face of the franchise to be saying or doing. Mm-hmm. Just got to you, you got to be thinking about other people when you act. And if you pile up enough of these type of incidents, then it starts to kind of change like how you're perceived. And and that's the kind of stuff that can self-destruct you if it happens over and over and over again. So strike two. Like, I don't know how many strikes. I think you get a lot of strikes if you're Anthony Edwards, <laughs> but um, strike two for me. Ron, what do you got? I'm going to go disappointing. Um, and and not for, like, I, I get it. Like, we're all humans. We're all men. Uh, I'm more disappointed. Like, when you see some of the off-the-internet pictures of this young lady, um, just I'm disappointed. Like, you, you got to make better decisions. Like, you got to stop looking at Instagram. Like, actually meet them first before you decide to tell them everything you want to do to them. Uh, you know, she's been courtside at games and, and not even his game. Like, that's the thing. Like, when you see she's courtside at other teams' games, like, come on, man, you got to know. Like, so I'm, I'm disappointed uh, because clearly, you know, it, she had a motive. Like, she's been courtside at multiple NBA games. So I'm, I, it was disappointing for me. I was disappointed in that decision. Reg? Uh, predictable. Predictable. I mean, come on, man. These athletes just get caught up, man, and it's it's unfortunate that that this happened. But as Ben said, it's not unexpected because, like, you just kind of see it. Like all the stuff with Zion Williamson, um, you know, all the st- <laughs> the Malik Beasley stuff that happened up here a few years ago. Like right. it, these players just can't help themselves. They just can't help but get caught up to what was it, PJ and Brittany Renner and all that like it just happens with these players and you know you just say just 100k to make it go away and send the video (laughs) send the video (laughs) send the video um yeah jack Uh. (laughs) you're on mute i don't know how I, i don't know how i follow that um yeah the word that i had here was overblown um doesn't impact anthony edwards as a basketball player um so i'm not going to care about it um really um i I, you know it's his own personal uh situation it's it's not my my place to pry into that or or read into that more um you know obviously i think that the homophobic comments were were a much bigger much bigger problem um obviously um but yeah just you know, you hope that it's a situation that that he can learn from and and move on. But, but yeah, I, I, you know, think that think that it's a little overblown, and don't really think that people are questioning the motives of why all that was posted online in the first place. Um, and I think that um, everybody just rushing to to place blame on on Anthony Edwards um, instead of evaluating the whole situation or waiting for for more information to come out, or um, probably not the smartest thing that you can do. The get an abortion LOL was like ew, a little cringy, a little cringy. I think I saw a tweet that said that LOL was sprinkled in like parsley. Just yeah, get, I think the second a- half of that tweet was that his playoff run, so you know his playoff run is gonna be crazy or something like that. Like it's just <laughs> people like people are just the comments about it were just ridiculous, man. Like, the only thing I can say too is I, I agree with Jack a little bit on the you never know what she doctored up. Because we have seen girls take text messages and then add to it because they can edit them now. So until Anthony Edwards says what he did, 
Like that's, or if she I, I do was agree even with pregnant. That. Like it's it's so many things that right. you just don't really know. And she tried to make it seem like, oh, I didn't ask for the money, but the 100k speaks a lot. You know, it, it right. says a lot. But yeah, so I, I agree with that. Jack. Somebody, you never you never really know the whole story. Exactly. If you're somebody <laughs> in his fam, though, and you're like. <laughs> you're not necessarily taken care of if you will and then you see him just drop 100k on somebody just like it's nothing and that could like change your life i'm probably feeling the kind of way i'm like dang you can drop 100k on this chick just randomly but like i'm over here trying to feed my fam i'm your cousin <laughs> yeah there's a lot to it yeah there's there's some tentacles to this one that's for sure um uh, I don't know how to follow that up, but let's talk about the Pistons. 24-game losing streak. It is blank. Uh, let's start with Ron. Anti-Warriors. The Warriors <laughs> went 24-0. The Pistons are going 0-24. Like, and I'm from Detroit, so it's it's heartbreaking. But you know what? They had to sacrifice the Pistons to get the Lions. Like, I think the sports world can't they can't allow like the multiverse. You can't allow, like, it can't be that. You can't have both. So they had to sacrifice. The Pistons just to get the Lions to where they are, so I get it. But yeah, anti Warriors is what that is. Reg, Wolf, how about that? Wolf, <laughs> um, Monty Williams, he came through with Phoenix and turned that thing around. But I, they gave him a lot of money and a lot of leash. But like, I don't, can you survive this? Like, are they supposed to be this bad? Like even last year, they weren't this bad. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, got some high draft picks there and uh, it's not really meshing together. Well, Jack. Yeah. I, I said fitting here. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, Monty Williams, it like two weeks ago, basically said that, you know, we've got to space the floor out and give Cade some more room to work. Like we figured that out and that, you know, that's a recipe for, for success for us when the losing streak was already pushing like 16 or 17 games. And that's when he finally realized that and was like, yeah, we realized we were doing some things wrong. It's like, my guy, I am a fanalist that does know that knows nothing about basketball compared to like everybody that's actually in basketball. And I could have figured that out before you. And you are the highest paid coach in the NBA. And I don't even watch the Pistons like that and know that if you put spacing around Cade Cunningham and can have a big man that can set great screens for him, that he can cook and your offense can you know, thrive off of that. And you didn't realize that until a 16 game losing streak. It's yeah. I mean, it, fitting man if that's who your head coach is and that's who you're paying all the money in the world to Ben, let's say brutal um i mean think about if you're what game two of the season they held the hornets to 99 points like how do you feel if you're the hornets you scored 99 against the team that's two and 24 and has just a horrific defense well horrific on both ends of the floor yeah i, I would just say brutal and uh i mean it, it's vibes from what the 2010 11 nets or whatever team that was that mm -hmm. uh i i think maybe set the record for losses like that's what this feels like yeah, I'll I'll conclude by saying Washington Generals esque. Everybody else they play is the Globetrotters. They're not allowed to lose. They can't lose. And I even noticed that at FanDuel, you can wager on the next time the Pistons win. So you can go down the calendar and select the game 
or the losing streak comes to an end. Great option at sorry, Ron. At, at FanDuel. Yeah. Do they have if, I'm a, if I'm an NBA team, no, I'm betting on that. And then I'm going to lose that game on purpose. Like I'm going to bet on my team to be the team to give them their win. And then I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to tank it. Like I'm going to have my cousin go put a hundred thousand on it. And then I'm going to be like, Hey, yo, we losing this game. Y'all Let's do, do they it. have an option for not win a game the rest of the season? Good question. I'm sure FanDuel's got everything. Plus, the um, Lions already went 0 and 16. I don't know if the world could handle uh, a team to go like 1 and 82. I think Draymond Green has been ejected more times or suspended more times in the calendar year <laughs> than the Pistons have won games. I think the Pistons have won like four games or five games. And I think Draymond Green has oh. been suspended like five or six times. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he is from Detroit. So there might be a correlation there. We are all out of time. Um, we're going to talk next week about Chris Finch's Coach of the Year candidacy. For Ron, Reggie, Ben, Jack, I'm Sam Ekstrom. It's Wolves Talk every Wednesday on the Minnesota Basketball Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Thanks so much for watching. Enjoy the games this week, and Merry Christmas.